Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher learning is on. And we are playing hurt today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> it, it is I, Van Lathan. Hold on, let me redo this real quick. Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher learning is on. You got some good energy at the top. It is I, Van Lathan. And it is me, Rachel Lindsay. But I, I would like to do these intros over again because sure. it is no longer I, Van Lathan. Go go ahead. You know, you added a little something to your name overnight. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself. It is Academy Award winning producer <laughs> Van Lathan. <laughs> and it's little old me, Rachel Lindsay. Shut up. Ah. <laughs> oh. That's the energy that we're bringing in. We are hurting. It was a we we had a good night. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so happy night. that I was able to join you and celebrate. I was like, are we ready to go? Y'all, the Oscars is over. I got I got somewhere to be. I got places to be. I gotta go celebrate my co-host and his accomplishments. Van, how does it feel? This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello. Help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Uh, well, it feels. Wow. I have something to read right now. That just hit Perfect. my email. Perfect. Read it. This is a statement. From Sharon Weston Broom. Who is the mayor of Baton Rouge. Wow. Hometown hero. Millions of Americans tune into the Academy Awards each year. To This literally just came in to my... Wow, man. Millions of Americans tune into the Academy Awards each year, eager to learn the fate of the star-studded lineup of nominees. These talented individuals are recognized for their talent within their craft and the role that they've played in successful projects. This year, one of our own, very own Baton Rouge natives has been recognized with this honor. I would like to formally congratulate Van Lathan on receiving an Oscar for his role as an executive producer in Two Distant Strangers. This piece competed against four other works within the live-action short film category. Our community here in Baton Rouge is immensely proud of Van Lathan's accomplishments. He continues to show the world what our residents are capable of achieving. I encourage our community to join me in congratulating him for this outstanding achievement, and may we all continue to strive to showcase the excellence of our city and parish. Thank you, Mayor Broom. Uh, uh, thank you, Courtney Scott. Thank you, Walter Gino McLaughlin. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, you the night the last keys night to the city, keys um, to the city. Yeah, last the night last night was ph- phenomenal. I thought I didn't care. It turned out I did. 
I roll the tape. Trudy, roll the tape. <laughs> you know, honestly, I just don't care. I just I just don't care. Now, after you roll the tape, please uh, put a still shot of Van in tears. <laughs> who is yes. the first person who told you that you were nominated for an Oscar? It was Kalika. Five she, in the morning? Yep, she pounced. Tears, crying. She pounced like a little mouse. And she goes, Van, it happened. You nominated for an Academy Award. She pounced. and. I, I literally went, oh, that's dope. And then I turned over and like went back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that I cared. And the way that they did it, thanks to Riz Ahmed, because he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't give us very much like suspense. He was like, read off all the nominees and he was like, and the winner is too disrespectful. And it was just crazy. Just a once in a lifetime feeling and opportunity, probably. Hopefully, won't be a once in a lifetime feeling and opportunity, but uh, it was just an amazing ride. And then to see everybody come around, man, to have you there, to see Kalika and you and Trudy, um, Jason, player pr proof crew. Play I'm, proof. So, I'm so Ian, happy I met one. <laughs> Ian came through just to be surrounded by that type of love, man. It was just, it was really an amazing experience. And we partied. We, we, we partied in a vaccinated setting. And then we went to another place where we had to get. COVID testing before we went. This stuff is really serious. Uh, and then we went to the Jews and the Black Messiah party, which had, you know, which had some people there. You know, it was like, Why, it was cool. Quite a few. Yeah. I mean, like, when I, not, it wasn't, the population wasn't that big, but it was like no, the, yeah. the notables were big. You know, there were some people in the building. So it was, um, it was cool, but everything was, 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 was safe and responsible and distance and COVID protocol friendly. Everybody was tested. It was just an amazing night. Amazing night. It was a great night. It was a great night. And it was great to have you there, Rach. Uh, I was so happy you. when you I was so happy when you showed up. So thank happy. you, Van. I I was I was first of all, I screamed when you won. I don't know why I didn't think that they were gonna air it. And so I I kept looking for updates on my phone, and then all of a sudden they were they were uh, it was up and I screamed and of course I'm here on set at extra and they bring in a camera and they're like explain why you're so happy and I was like Michael Holtz just won an Oscar blah, 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 blah. and then they were like call him and I was like okay he's not gonna pick up but I FaceTimed you <laughs> and I was like he's not gonna pick up so I'm like messaging you I'm messaging Kalika I was just I wish I could have been there I saw the video I've just I'm thrilled and I walked into your party saying we won an Oscar we did. I was we, I was telling people that I was like, yeah, we won. <laughs> yeah, Trayvon and Martin uh, going there. Trayvon's speech, man, Trayvon Free, what wow. a genius, was absolutely amazing. And then just to see somebody on the Oscar stage, on the stage the Oscars go, thank you to Van, all all our producers, then to hear your name, Van Lathan, come from the stage at the Oscars. Martin Desmond Rowe, our director, will never know what that did for me and for the rest of everyone. To hear your name come from the Oscars is insane. When you have a moment like that, do you think about all the people who doubted you? Is it, is it kind of like, I, I guess that's what I would do. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it kind of like, I, I, I said it was going to happen. It happened. So many people doubted me. I'm just, I'm just trying to, to step into your shoes so, of like so what no. that feels like. No, it, I, I don't feel that way. But of course, me holding the Oscar 
and I and I tagged the picture TMZ. More, did you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was more of me just goofing you, around. Okay, you were so petty. <laughs> I can't say like it was, it was more just it, it's me with the Academy Award, and I just tagged it at TMZ TV. It was, it was more just me goofing around. Like, hey guys, because it's interesting. I know that they're not going to cover that, and the little brother in me gets like hyped about stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like if there's something in the room or in the air that I know they're not going to address or not going to be like, hey, one of our staples that was on the show for nine right. years won an Academy Award. Congratulations. If I know that that's not going to happen, I got to needle you about it. It's all love. It's all love. And there's so many of my coworkers from TMZ have reached out and been really super, super supportive. But since I know that there's going to be like a so stiff funny. upper lip about it, <laughs> it's just like, hey, guys. You can't deny the fact that this happened. It's like it, it happened. It's a thing. So this episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With twenty four seven access to more than five thousand gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Um, yeah, but like, look, we could, we, could, we could talk about our part of the night, but, you know, there were other awards that were given out at the Academy Awards there last weren't. night. Um, what were, and there weren't. <laughs> and, there, and there weren't. Your favorite moment, beyond Two Distant Strangers winning, what was your favorite moment from the night? I'm, it was a pretty boring night, and I and I'm saying that as somebody who had to cover it. And so, so like you, obviously, you guys winning for your film, uh, and just also with everything going on, it was just so nice to be thrilled about something. Like I'm, I, I've thought to myself, when is the last time that I've just been overjoyed about something, um, and it didn't even happen to me. <laughs> and so that, uh, yeah, yeah that that aside, um, I would have to say. Glenn Close dropping a, an F bomb and doing the butt. <laughs> what about <laughs> Daniel? You didn't like Daniel's speech? I, I'm I'm okay. I'm personally salty that I didn't get to interview him. Mm. I was so, I loved his speech. I lo- I was eager. I interviewed him for Globes. Only a certain number of people got to interview him. I was so disappointed. Yes, Daniel was great. He was clearly I don't. He was excited. I don't know if he was caught off guard talking about his his parents having sex and they created him. And he was yeah. he was his mom. His mom's reaction to that was the best. She's like, "What did he just say?" <laughs> I think he was he in the press room. Someone asked him about it, of course, and he said, "Oh my gosh, fuck! I shouldn't have said that." That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was that was a moment of trying to think of what else. I love that her won for her song. Amazing. Um uh cuz that song is beautiful if y'all don't if y'all don't know it. Um what else was a moment? I mean, I I guess I was shocked a lot. Like I really thought either Viola Davis or Andra Day were going to win for best actress. Really? I did. I that did. That was a that one was a shoe in. I thought the the film was a shoe in, but I didn't think that Francis. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, 
but I just thought they were going to give it to either one of them. Um, just in listening to the buzz that people were talking about it. And then, of course, everybody thought, you know, the late Chadwick Boseman was going to win for Best Actor. And they even changed the format of the show because they thought that's what was going to happen. Right. So let's talk about this. Normally, uh, Best Picture is the the piece de resistance, the last, the last award that's given out at the Academy Awards. But this time, they decide to give Best Actor last. And that's because... Most people, 99.999% of the people, expected that Chadwick Boseman would win Best Actor uh, for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He did not win Best Actor for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor. Anthony Hopkins was not at the Oscars. The ending of the show was completely disjointed because of this. They basically whisked things away into the nether realm of television. Um, the the show didn't end so much as it dissolved. Yeah, it just disintegrated after that. And for us that were that were watching at our little viewing stations, um, we were all still elated from having won, but then we were also shocked and disheartened and disappointed. Chadwick Boseman not winning the Academy Award. So I haven't seen The Father. So there's there's no way for me to really uh, judge whose performance was better on its merit. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I can't. Mm-hmm. But I just hope that people understand that Chadwick Boseman will now never win an Oscar. Yeah. I don't think that there's anything else possible posthumously that was always hard for me to say that's coming out I'd have to look but if there isn't forever like forever right right like his opportunity to have Academy Award winner next to his name uh, even in death is gone and I haven't seen the father yet so I, I can't judge it on his merits but Anthony Hopkins who is a fantastic actor as good as their has ever been, he better be fucking fantastic in it. Yeah. I'm going to check it out this weekend. He better be fucking amazing in it because if he's not, that is just a major, major, major letdown from the Academy. Major. I just think it is, period. It it doesn't matter how great he is in the movie. It's what you just said. And it, and it also... So just you don't even care he, if Anthony Hopkins is legitimately better than Chadwick Boseman in the movie? <laughs> no, I really you don't. You don't think... Okay. Because I know, Chad, I know Chadwick had an amazing performance in that role. It's not like he sucked and they and that he was nominated because he passed away. He had an, he had an outstanding performance. I don't, right. I'm not going to watch The Father. I cannot watch movies about dementia. It just hits too close to home. I don't watch those type of movies. But I, I guess the emotional aspect, too... And he had been sweeping that category in every other awards show. So it just seemed like I think like except it was, for the BAFTAs. Okay, except for the BAFTAs. Yeah. But it seemed fitting that he was going the same way people talked about Nomadland. People talked about uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, being best actor. So it, it, it was disappointing. You didn't, you didn't like it. And, and, I'm, and look, it's sad. It it seems like another unfair chapter to the mm-hmm. end of, of Chadwick Boseman's life. 
not just obviously to us, but to his family and to everyone that loved him so much. It was even in the way we lost our brother. Literally, there was something that came out, a pictures that came out, and he was a little thinner. No, not a little thinner. He was a lot thinner, and people were wondering sort of what was going on. And then one morning we woke up and Chadwick was just gone. Right. Like he was just, he was just gone. And so for me, that it all, the shock of it almost mirrored that. It's like his picture was up and you expected to see his picture be there at the end. And in an instant, he was just gone. Yeah. And the whole thing and the whole energy and the whole momentum behind it and the whole moment of getting to celebrate his life one last time on that type of stage was gone. But how do they make a mistake like that? For them to change the whole format of the show, you would think they were doing it because it was going to happen. I don't understand how this, they this can't control the voting. was made. Then they shouldn't have changed the they shouldn't have changed the show. I mean, they shouldn't have, but they can't. What well, they can't control? They can't control the voting. Well, then just keep things the way that they are. I mean, honestly, I thought that's why Brad. That's why Minotti won as uh, best supporting Minotti. actress. Won Mi- Minotti. 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 Did Minotti. you? Just, I, I just it. thought you said Minotti. No, Minotti. Uh, I might have, but Minotti. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brad Pitt presenting her uh, the award. I was like, oh, he's presenting it because he produced that film. She's going to win. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, so that was it for the Oscars. I mean, You're don't done. don't go hostless again, you guys. It was you need a host. You need a host. You need it's a host. Just, yeah, like an evil spirit. You need a host. I I don't I don't want to hear three minute speeches. I don't want to hear uh, these presenters go on these long rants. I don't want to see it. Give us a host. Did Next you year. uh, when when you were a kid, did the judge ever talk to you guys about being possessed? When you talk about a host, did the judge ever tell you guys like? <laughs> no, I don't remember having a conversation about being. He never told you that evil spirits would get inside of you. Well, I mean, I don't think I don't remember that conversation specifically, but sh- well, sure, I'm sure it was a conversation that we had. I mean, we judge. saw The Exorcist at a very young age. Mm-mm. No, that's letting Satan in. Uh, um, um <laughs> so we we also we went to the use of the Black Messiah after party. We were there. There were people that were in attendance. Not gonna put anybody's business out there. But Daniel Kaluuya and Fred Hampton, Fred Hampton Jr. was there. I got the thrill of a lifetime, which was to talk to Fred Hampton Jr. You did? Oh, we chopped it up for a long time. Like for a long Dang, time, we chopped lit. it up. I literally, I Rachel literally, was y'all, y'all. Rachel was lit last stop. night. I remember. I what? Okay. You and Trudy Joseph. Be, didn't you just say you weren't trying to put people's business out there? Nah, not <laughs> other people, but people that were with me. I definitely put that. You, Trudy Joseph, Kalika, all y'all. Let me tell Dan, you something. I scratched that itch. It had been a long time. I started, I started hearing the music. I started uh-huh. feeling. I said, is that the bar? Is, right. is that so-and-so? Uh-huh. I do remember you saying to your manager, uh-huh. is that... Is that Fred Hampton Jr.? I remember right. that, and then I—that's that, all—that was it. I think yeah. I went to the bar. So I made my way over there. He came over. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, and we talked. We exchanged information. It was an amazing moment, and it was great to see at that party so many of the the people from the movement actually getting love. Mm-hmm. They were actually getting love, and Daniel and Daryl and everybody else who was there from the film. 
uh, they they made sure that they loved on these people who sacrificed. Fred Hampton's, Fred Hampton's mother was there. Fred Hampton Jr.'s mom was there. Fred Hampton's um, his uh, his girlfriend that you know when 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 they had passed away, the mother of his child. So when he had passed away, so it was just good. It was it was it was good to see that that kind of energy in the air. Although you could tell that people were disappointed about what had happened uh, with Chadwick Boseman. It was just a it was a fantastic night. We had to talk our way. You know, we into did. the park. We, we, we got we oh, Van and Rachel. I said, oh wow. Okay. Oh, I was like, hey Van, <laughs> hey Rachel. You guys can all, all you guys can go. I was like, oh shit, Rachel. <laughs> we got the juice. You're telling me we got the juice. There's two kinds of people that go to parties: some who take advantage of the moment and have opportunities of a lifetime, and others who get lit. <laughs> <laughs> get lit. <laughs> I'm celebrating you. Um, you are. Can we talk about something else, though? Have we finished our Oscar conversation? We are. Yeah. My dear husband brought this to my attention. Your dear husband. Shout out said, I also can't wait for you to see Oscar award winning talent Van Lathan on my new TV show, Hip Hop Homicides on WeTV. Where's that coming from? 50. 50 Cent. 50 cent. Yeah, 50 cent. Can you get so now that it's out? I mean, you got a full post. I said, I was like, damn, he's killing it. <laughs> That's literally what my comment was. What is I'm gonna this? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know if 50 was supposed to do that. Well, he did, <laughs> and now we're gonna talk about it. I don't know if like I don't know. At if... first I thought he was trolling you. I just saw the picture and then no. I read the caption. I was like, oh, okay, this is for real. I don't know if I don't know if 50 was supposed to do that. Well, like that's something he hasn't we have taken. Been... He hasn't taken it down. Hey, shout out to is all good. Is his is his show? Shout out to Fifty. Shout out to Mona Scott Young. He's literally promoting all y'all. Uh, Joey Badass <laughs> can't wait to see him in my new TV show, Raising Canaan. <laughs> He's letting everybody know. Right. Um, I need to, I need to get in with Fifty. Yeah, now nah, Fifty Fifty amazing. <laughs> Um, shout out to Fifty! Shout out to everybody over at Mona Me. We are uh, there's some stuff that we're working on. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know that all the 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 eyes are dotted. And the he said T's green are, light. He said green light. Right. Uh, You've been lit. Right. I don't know if the, all the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed, but you know, we gonna be a narrator. Nah, I think I'm a like host? the. Uh, I'm like the host guy. I'm like we're it's a, the 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 concept for the show is amazing, um and it's so amazing. I don't know how much I can even really talk about because I don't know if they, we're supposed to be talking about that. But yeah, uh, it's 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 amazing. I didn't know Fifty had put that up. Well, shit, two hours give ago? us the exclusive. The exclusive about what it is. We we're literally still working it out. Like we're literally still <laughs> working it out. Still this working is it out. the second person I know personally that 50 has done it is doing a TV show with. The other one is my girl, Nicole Lynn. What does she sports do? What does she do? Sports agent. Oh, yeah, sports she's agent. amazing. Yeah, right? Right? She's this amazing. Sword, I don't know how she does it all. She is outstanding. Dude, what do you think about that statement? I don't know how she does it all. You know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't I, what's wrong with that statement? Nah, I don't like when people say that. Why? I don't know. I don't know how you do it all. That's like. What? You know, people. I don't know when people. I don't like when people say that. Like people invented can the space shuttle. Can you tell me shuttle. why? Can you because tell me it's why? like you can do it. Like I don't know yes, how you do you it. You can. You get it done. I I I have a lot on my plate too. But I I look at other people. I'm like I don't know if I could do that. I'm sure I could, but it's more of a compliment. Yeah, you could do. I don't know it. how I don't she like, does I don't it, like all, it but she a, does it. 
I don't like it as a compliment. Okay, I don't, well, I'm I don't sorry. like it. Okay? Um, it, it, Van, I don't know how do you do it. do it all. I don't know how no. you do it all. I'm saying it every no. time. <laughs> I, I, I could be doing more. Um, so, I yeah, 50, shout out to 50. Shout out to Mona. Shout out to everybody. Uh, Mona Scott like, Young? Mona Scott Young, yeah. That's who you're working with? <laughs> yeah, on this show, yeah. <laughs> what is, is what? I now I really want to know what this is about. TV uh, show, hip hop homicide. So it's true stories. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Cause, so your host, I see you like narrating. Yeah, like host, kind of like Dateline. Narrating. I'm looking. I'm looking at the 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 uh, the, the comments under what he said, and it was like. It's like so many people are like, I can't. I, I love this van. His glow up is real. All of this stuff, and then there are other people that are like, Yo, I really miss him on TMZ. And so I, I didn't know that Fifty was gonna do that, man. Shout out Fifty. Shout out Fifty, man. Shout out Fifty. Okay, Your glow up. My glow up. I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't you've know that work, I. You've been. You've been like. You work hard. You've been in doing this for a minute. Glow right. up. Yeah, we, uh, we we're just like we're, you put in the work. <laughs> yeah, we're doing what we're doing is our best. That's what we're doing. We're doing our damn. Just we're doing our best. I don't Trayvon, know how you do it all. Shut up, uh, <laughs> Trayvon <laughs> Martin. I love you, you guys. Thank you for all the well wishes. Thank you for all the fans of Higher Learning that have reached out about everything. Uh, Chadwick, we love you. Uh, we're gonna take a break. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars Returns, only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it! Believe me! She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Okay, I have to talk some politics real quick. Um, it looks like they are attempting to make protesting a lot more arduous, precarious, and dangerous of a thing. State-level Republicans all over the country are introducing anti-protesting laws um, to really punish you from protesting. Some of these laws are just absolutely crazy. Crazy. So... Um, Oklahoma, Florida, a couple other places. Oklahoma is crazy because under a new Oklahoma law, a driver will no longer be liable for striking or even killing a person if the driver is fleeing from a riot, okay? Under a reasonable belief that fleeing was necessary to protect the motor vehicle operator from serious injury or death. I want you guys to understand what that means. That means... In Oklahoma, it is going to be legal to kill a protester with your car because all you'll have to do is say, I was afraid and I mashed on the gas and this person is dead and there'll be a law on the books, a law on the books to protect you. Who's going to protest knowing that they could be killed legally in the state of Oklahoma now? 
This doesn't make any sense. It literally says under if they're fleeing from a riot under a reasonable belief that fleeing was necessary to protect the motor vehicle operator from serious injury or death. How much does a car weigh? A couple of tons. How are you in se- how Maybe are you I actually don't I, know. But no, it's definitely tons. So how right. am I feeling threatened? that I'm going to get hurt from a riot or, or a protester or that I'm in, that there's seriously bodily injury or, or, or a threat to me or death in a car. Well, they could take over your car. No. If you, if you got like a hundred people. If you people. were in a car, if you're in the car, you can do more harm. Hello. We've seen it happen before. You can before. definitely do more harm. Yeah. So I just don't understand. I just don't understand this law. I mean, I I know why they're doing it, but this just makes no sense on the books. You are the threat in your car to a crowd of people. Yeah. So this um, Iowa also is kind of doing this as well. And uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, they uh, he signed a broad anti-protest measure into law that does the same now. Um. This is creating civil immunity for people to drive into Mm. crowds. Mm. So, guys, listen, I know out there you're hearing this and you're thinking to yourself, hey, uh, you know, this is more injustice and this is what we're fighting against. This is and I get it. And you're not wrong. This is injustice. This is what we're fighting against. But this is also giving Americans carte blanche to kill each other. It's just very. You see stuff like this. And it it makes it harder to disbelieve those ideas about shadowy white supremacist figures who are purposely in the background or sometimes in the foreground uh, going through all these machinations to kill, hurt, maim, harm, and oppress black people. A whole group of people in the, in the country wants to believe that that's not true. But look at what's look at the laws that are on the books right now. I would be hard pressed. For anyone out there that's listening to this, right, who knows of anybody who can come on here and defend this to us, I want to know why this is needed. Mm. If there's anybody, anyone, anyone out there who can, in a credible, salient, and intelligent way, come on this podcast, I don't care who you are, this podcast, and tell me why this is needed. Tell me about incidents incidences of people being pulled from their cars tell me how prevalent that is tell me how unsafe motorists are when protests are going on tell me the imminent harm that a protest does in this case they're using the word riot but we know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. does to people in their automobiles all right and i want to see real deal statistical analysis of this over a long period of time yeah because we've had uprests every couple of years throughout this decade, definitely in the 90s. So I don't feel like there's any way, any way at all to sort of justify something like this. And I can tell you what's going to happen is somebody's going to die as the result of this law. Absolutely. You're giving civilians the power to take the law and take control into their own hands. There are criminal laws against rioting. Let that work. If someone's rioting, don't give it, don't give the power to the people to do what they want to. This is as bad as like stand your ground laws. Like this is, this is terrible and it's going to end badly. I would love, I love the idea of somebody coming on here 
Love how you the just idea. said that. Look how you just said that. You just put. I, you don't love that idea. You want to mm-hmm. fight somebody. I just I saw what you just did. With you my s- words. I love the idea of somebody coming on here. I saw the head I tilt. Do. I know what that means. It will be a hostile environment. And I, I know and what that means. Well, come on. Who, who do you want? Who do you feel like? Who Who do you whoever, want? Who should we whoever get? back. Governor, Governor, old boy from uh, Oklahoma. Let's oh, bring boy. The, let's bring the governor. <laughs> the honorable <on>. old boy <laughs> from Oklahoma. Come on here and debate I don't this. remember his name. Bring him on. Yeah. Um. It's a. Uh, it's it's interesting because here's Bad. the Pandora's box that something like this opens up. So there's a never-ending seek, uh, cycle of violence and unrest that we're in, right? Right. We're mad. Uh, the cops are on edge is where it starts. The cops are on, a, on edge because of systemic uh, inequality and white supremacy and the belief that black people are some sort of marauding criminal force that are going to end up destroying uh, life as we know it in America. That, the cops are on edge because of decades and decades of white supremacy and their putrid history and how they got their start and what it is that they've been utilized to do in communities all across the country. They're on edge. They don't value black lives, okay? Uh, so they don't value black lives, so they then kill. They kill, then we protest. Mm-hmm. We protest, they get more on edge, uh, because in our protests, we have to do what it is that we have to do to let America know that we're not fucking around, right? And things always go to 10 because that is the language of the people that are being oppressed, right? And it just keeps going. It keeps going with no real way to hold the police accountable for what it is that they did in the first place. This is going to be worse because now what we're going to have is a civilian militia armed with mm-hmm. their gas-guzzling vehicles that, that are going to be out there playing whack-a-mole with people as they walk across the street with their cars. Now, if you don't think that somebody's not going to take this and use this as an excuse to go out and disrupt a protest with their automobile, you're fucking living in a fantasy world. They already are doing it. They've done it before. We've seen it happen before. Now they've got the law behind them that gives them the power to do it. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Uh, definitely bad. I, but that, that, um, that invitation is real. We haven't had enough conservatives on higher learning. It's something that bothers me. I know you don't care. You don't want the conservatives on higher learning, do you? I've never said that. Why do you keep putting words into my mouth? You have said that. No, I would love to have a conversation with a conservative. You nixed a conservative that was supposed to come on the show. Who? You want to get into this on the air? Cause we could talk about it. You nixed the, you definitely, who? you are. I, I, I truly don't remember who this was. Who? I was going to have, or we were going to have, Angela Stanton King on Higher Learning. I thought you said you didn't want her. That's not, no, that's not the I case. Got to, I got to look at the email. I got to you go gotta, back that's and look. Not the, that's I thought not it was the a case. mutual decision. Okay. Would you like me to, would you like me to bring up the, te- the, 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 the text messages I, where I was ex- explicitly told i was explicitly told that you that you had said it was explicitly told that you had said (laughs) that you did not want angela stan king to be on higher learning she's probably gonna she's gonna hear this and now she's gonna want smoke with you oh she listens to our podcast i don't know if she listens to the podcast but it's gonna um it's gonna definitely uh it's gonna definitely find his way to her yeah so because it was a whole thing it was like uh, Van, we just wanted to, somebody. Somebody actually pulled me to the side and was like, 
we got to make sure that we're on the same page about booking guests and stuff like that because we said that Angela Stanton was cool when we reached out to her people. And then uh, it turned out that Rachel didn't want to do the interview. What? I was like, is Rachel silencing conservative voices? Oh, on I said learning? I like the four. I said I like the four. No, Angela. <laughs> 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 but that's all I said. I was like, that's yeah, yeah, saying, yeah, I like, that's I like saying, no Angela. That's saying you don't want Angela said whatever mood I was in. I'm gonna tell you. What, <laughs> you know when I said that? It was March 12th. Do you remember what I was going through around that time? I was oh, dealing with a lot. Yeah. So I didn't want to I just didn't want to have that type of conversation. Angela Stan King, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Come on. I'll, <laughs> well, I'll see, do the whole interview see how, myself. See how aggressive you're saying it? <laughs> like you I'm still smoke. drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. No, uh, God. real talk. My we talk God. We, we we do a mix of a lot a lot of different topics on this podcast, but we have we have said from the beginning when we did this show that we were going to bring on more conservatives. I did say no. I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back. I'm in a better headspace now. Come on. Okay. There you go. Angela Sand King. Um so did you see this picture of Tyrese? Did you see this picture? <laughs> what do you think? I did. I did. So apparently did. Tyrese. Your friend. That's my man. I see nothing wrong with this. Okay. This is my this is my man. So Tyrese posts a video to his girlfriend Zelly's Instagram story of him shaving her private areas. She wrote, I will never ever let go of my king, but does your man shave you though? Uh now look, here's the thing. This is obviously <laughs> Tyrese. <laughs> this is obviously here's the thing about this. Is 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 this so wrong? Is there anything wrong with this? Nope. It's wrong that they posted it. Why? That's what I think people have an issue with. It's like TMI, right? That's that's I think that's how people are feeling. It was the angle. Her toes wouldn't stop wiggling. She had her toes wiggling. She's giving mm-hmm. us the angle. I don't know. It's like I don't want to see it. I think that's more for people. Why is it TMI, though? I don't believe in TMI. I don't want to see it. Okay. Clearly, we talked about peeing on ourselves last week. I know you don't don't have a problem with it. It's one of those things where it was like, you know what? I didn't need to see that today. And I just think that's... And I think it's because it's Tyrese. I think if somebody else would have done this... Who? Give me an example of somebody who could post a picture. Idris. I think if Idris would have posted the picture with the razor... People would have been like, "Whoa, okay, Idris." I really whoa, think- whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait. Tyrese wait, is always wait, up to something. Wait, 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 wait. He is cutting up on IG and, and, it, and it's so and you tell people, me he's easy to pick on. And I so you tell me if Idris Elba posted this same picture of him shaving his wife that nobody would have a problem with it. That's what you're saying. I think maybe some people would have been like, what? Most people would have been like, okay, Idris, we didn't know that about you. I'll give you another example. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give give you another example. If Bow Wow did this video, people would have the same reaction that they had to Tyrese because they're always doing something and it's like the low-hanging fruit. It's easy to pick on them. Okay, I'll put you like this. Is there any member of the Fast and the Furious franchise that could do this and get away with it? Because you just mentioned Bow, Bow Wow. Bow Wow just caught some strays. He's not even in it. You just mentioned Bow Wow and Tyrese. Could Ludacris do this and get away with it? Yeah, maybe. You think, you think Ludacris could do it and get away yeah. with it? But you said, Idris, give me another example of somebody who can shave their wife's, their wife's genitals on uh, Instagram 
and then get away with it. Who else is smooth enough for this? Because this is a different level of smooth. Because that's really what I'm getting from you. What I'm getting from you is the act itself is not really too much information. Like what you said, it's, it's, it's just that it's Tyrese. For some reason, this man doesn't have the right to shave his girlfriend. I don't girlfriend's think that's bad. It's been, I, you know, people get, people have, you know, partners, partners do what they want to, you know? I've asked for a little trim trim. Really? What? What kind of shit is going on over there in the Lindsey Bryan home? A trim trim? Why would you do like what? That that is insane. Me and Khalid are not close enough. We need to work on our relationship. Obviously. What yeah. like a little trim trim? So you so like not with yeah. Go ahead with, with like with like scissors. I've done scissors. <laughs> why there have been so, scissors do you guys shave each other no just him shaving you this is some weird freak shit is what's really going on um i uh i actually i i wouldn't let anybody else shave me because it's like okay. it's a real ritual for me you know well there you go you have a whole thing surrounding it yeah some people yeah. don't a lot some of people, people don't so you so you're a hypocrite because this actually happens in your real life. I am not and a hypocrite. I, what did I say? I said, it's not a problem that he's doing it. We don't all need to see it. That's what I said. I would never film it. Did you let, let, did you let uh, Brian shave you in the fantasy suite? Is that why? No. Can you think about that? That's a good, that's a good fantasy suite. No. Think about think about the fantasy suite. If there's no sex, think about how no. weird. Like Matt James is t- talking to um to Rachel. He's like, I don't know sex, but I do need a trim. I think I would laugh and I would do it. I would be like, okay, and I would in do the, it in the fantasy suite. You would do it. Okay, that didn't happen. I think I would start laughing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. trim trim. The ty- it's, not, Tyrese. it's not that bad. It's because it's Tyrese. You know this. What about Tyrese makes it that he can't? Because he's always doing something on social that starts trending. Hmm. You know what you, I mean? Uh, are you um now? Are you saying this because you don't take Tyrese seriously? I never he, said that. See, this is what I'm talking. So about. I'm asking you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying the, to see what the, the, the distinction is between fear. The Twitter fear doesn't take him seriously. They're always like, oh, somebody, somebody take Tyrese's phone away. Who asked Tyrese to have an opinion on this? Who they they always do that with him. Black Twitter is always on Tyrese. Man, let Tyrese live, man. I agree. But we didn't do. need to see that. We didn't I didn't I didn't it didn't need to see it. And I do it was think the steel shot of him. <laughs> it looked very clinical, razor. right? <laughs> it looked very clinical. It looked very like this is a job to do, and we need Tyrese. Pube master. You know what I mean? It looked very clinical. Uh, it, question, is this romantic? Is it romantic no. to shave your partner's pubes? No, not at all. Is it sexy? No. It's not romantic. It's not sexy. Then no. what is it? Got a job to do. Okay, I need That's some help. It. I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get the spot. <laughs> you can't get the... What about... But isn't there like lasers and stuff that you can use? Yeah, some people, not everybody's into the laser. What is the la- what's the difference between the laser and just using like the regular? Well, when you laser, you have like six or seven treatments and then, you know, you don't really have to shave again unless you get pregnant because then sometimes Forever? you mess up. Yeah, like maybe like a little bit will come back, but stop. Can I get the laser? Yeah, I actually have an appointment on Friday. I'll Wait tell you minute. how it goes. I'll chronicle it for you. 
the laser, I could get the laser. Men get it for their for their backs. Um, no, 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 no. I don't need it for that. I got okay. one specific area down okay. there. I don't know why. I'm I'm here's the thing with me. I'm really like even like I'm lo- looking at my underarms here. Like I'm pretty hairless, right? Yeah. I'm pretty hairless all over my body. Like look at my arms. Yeah. No hair. You got the stubborn spot? Like no hair. No really hair. But there's two spots that I have more hair than I should. My Where? upper back. My upper back. Yeah. And then, yo, my pubic area is fucking out of control. You can man. get that laser. Like, even to the point to where I, like, I noticed it because when I would be playing ball, it would, when I would be playing ball, the hairs would get tangled up, you know? And then they would be pulling and it would be, it's very painful. And I actually, I actually did the trim trim out of, like, necessity. Mm -hmm. And then after you trim it down, you look down there and you see a whole new guy. You go, oh, my God, look at you. You got such personality. You know what I mean? Like we've been hiding you, but um, laser, you know, get a laser. I don't think that I don't think they can laser me though. I don't think they can do that. You can laser anybody with hair. No, but laser you can't. But you're but you can't like laze my balls, right? You can get. I That's don't... not that can't be right. You can't get the balls lazed. The skin down. Yeah, there I wasn't is thinking that. I wasn't thinking that area. I'll ask when I go on Friday. I'll ask. Ask them if I can get the laser. Because okay. if I can get the laser like six or seven times, and then that's that. Yeah. We in the building, baby. Yeah. We People gonna get be their whole bodies lasered. Because and it's and it's it's so weird about the because sometimes I manscape where I just shave it down, mm-hmm. and sometimes I manscape where I take it all off, mm-hmm. like like smooth. And that's so amazing until about the third day. And then when the hair starts to come back in, you like, you dumb motherfucker. Why on God's green earth would you put yourself through this? It's not good. Laser's your best friend. Laser's I'll tell you how it goes. All right, tell me how it goes. All right, let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, so uh, The Breakfast Club had Dr. Umar Johnson on. Do you follow the teachings of Dr. Umar? I don't. You don't follow. Do you know but you know who Dr. Umar Johnson is? Yes, you brought him to my attention one time because I believe it was him who said you lose your blackness when mm. you marry outside of your race. Yes, Dr. Umar yeah, says I ain't down with Dr. Umar. You don't like Dr. Umar. I don't like that statement. Now okay, maybe, well, maybe I'm not I'm not well versed on his teachings. So maybe there's something else, but that I don't agree with. Well, there are a lot of other things that some people would would label problematic about Dr. Umar, some of his opinions towards the LGBT community. Wow. Um, some other things that he that, that he would say, and he said them. So if you want to go out there and you, you want to get them, uh, then you can. 
Uh, but you know why he says that you can't be in an interracial relationship and still be down for black people? Do you know why? No. So what he says is what the old Dr. Umar says is that um, marriage is a business decision. This is what he says. He says marriage is a business decision. It's a business arrangement. It's what it is. It's okay. an economic thing. It has nothing to do with love. It has to do with wow. economics. <laughs> so because marriage has to do with economics, if you are a black man and you marry, more specifically, it's really not even about you. He says black women... Uh, he doesn't judge black women that date white guys. He doesn't okay. judge them. All right. He well, says he judges, he, he judges black men that date white women because he says that's an economic decision. If you pass away and you leave your wealth to a white woman, he doesn't think that that white woman is then going to use the wealth that you left her to invest it back into the black community. And how do you know that somebody who can't, I'm paraphrasing what he says, that somebody who can't feel your struggle as a black man is going to be down with you enough to use whatever wealth that you have, whatever wealth, uh, because men die sooner than women, to to reinvigorate the black community. Plus the fact that our sisters um, are ill-represented in marriage, uh, overrepresented in divorce, according to Dr. Umar, and that part of us not marrying black women is us running away from the black family structure. So all of those reasons, he says that you cannot be respected by him if you are a black man and you marry a black woman. And what do you say to Dr. Umar? Let's talk about what he said on The Breakfast Club. Okay. <laughs> well, he actually said all this on The Breakfast Club. He said, he said this all... part too? Yeah, they're going to ask him about that whenever he goes on The Breakfast Club. Because gotcha. it's, it's just like, it's something so bombastic and you don't hear people <laughs> say that anymore. So it's just like, Dr. Umar, what do you think about interracial relationship? He's going to give the same answer every time, but people are never going to stop asking him that question. He's, the answer is not going to change, but they're going to keep asking him the question, whatever platform that he goes on. He was critical of Joe Biden. He asked why there hasn't been an executive order from Biden to protect black people from the police. He, he notes that uh, Biden and other lawmakers up there have taken swift action as it relates to uh stopping Asian hate um, and he brings up a couple of other things but he doesn't see that same urgency from the administration, the Biden administration as it comes, as it deals with uh, uh, police violence from from, from black people uh, to black people should I say. Now uh, this has gone viral. A lot of people agree with yeah, Dr. Umar saying that. That, the, that the Biden administration has not done enough to address this problem which seems to be getting hot again in America. Do you agree? Well, in the clip, he talked a lot about Obama. He's been on Obama for years. Yeah. And so, listen, obviously, the, I, I'll address Obama first, but obviously Biden is under this type of pressure, not just because of what what Dr. Umar says didn't happen under the Obama administration. It didn't happen under Trump's administration, but just because of the current climate of our country, there's a lot of pressure on Joe Biden, especially because the black vote was really influential in getting uh, Biden picked as the president. So Biden has an enormous amount of pressure, period. And people are going to stay on him and hold him accountable in a way that they haven't with any other president, I believe, because people are more aware of what needs to be done. People are more involved in politics um, and, and reform in a way that they haven't been before. Um, I didn't, I didn't fully agree with what he was saying about president Obama, former president Obama, 
because he was very passionate about Obama doing nothing in regards to police reform, which isn't true. That's what I had the biggest issue with. He is right about him signing that blue alert bill right after about a month after Freddie Gray. But Obama did have a response after what happened in Ferguson. What was his response? Okay. Hold Let's talk about it. After the shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, um, he established a task force to examine better policing practices. He, ex- he signed an executive order and he investigated patterns or practices of misconduct in police departments and entered into a court binding agreements that d- required departments to correct misconduct. I'm not saying that he did an enormous amount of work in regards to police reform. I'm not saying that that we should just leave, like not agree with everything Dr. Umar was saying, but to stand there and say that he did absolutely nothing is false. And so I don't want to continue the narrative that Obama did nothing in regards to police reform. You may not think he did enough, and I'll agree with that, but I'm not going to sit here and listen to somebody say that he did absolutely nothing. I don't think that that's fair. Okay. Um, the reality is there hasn't really been a president to do anything. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Not disagreeing. So to me, and look, I love President Obama for so many reasons, right? Sure. I love President Obama for so many reasons. But look, President Obama's not perfect. He's not a deity. I'm not saying he is. He's just a dude trying to do his best. And sometimes your best isn't good enough. But don't lie. That's what I, I agree. He didn't do enough. But don't lie and say he did nothing because people will watch this clip and then they'll go around and they'll be like, I don't know why we praise praise President Obama. He did nothing. That's not true. Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to define enough. So what we need to come to terms with is what is it that we're actually asking for? Because only when we know what it is that we're asking for can we really judge about what's being done or what hasn't been done. Sure. Now, I... Not sure that Umar defined that in his Breakfast Club interview. I, I'll listen to it again. Um, but if we're talking about, well, right now we have something that a lot of people view as enough or as a start. And that is uh, the George Floyd Violence and Policing Act, okay? The ending qualified immunity, okay? These mm-hmm. are things, I didn't even know what qualified immunity was under Barack Obama. I didn't know what it was after Mike Brown. Uh, I didn't know what it was. I mean, Trayvon wasn't killed by a police officer. I didn't know what it was after Freddie Gray. I didn't know what that was. I had never heard the term before. didn't know. Hmm. Now, I think as an electorate um, and as American citizens, we understand some of the latitudes that police officers have. Some of the things that they can do um, and then, I guess, get away with them. Mm-hmm. And we kind of understand what needs to be done to change that system or augment it to one where accountability is sort of enhanced, right? Where you, where people can get in trouble. They can lose something. Uh, the question is, do we have the wherewithal and is there enough integrity in our political system to get that done? Um, in terms of whether or not Obama right. did enough, well, the answer is he didn't do enough. Absolutely. He didn't do enough. Clinton didn't do enough. Clinton actually made it worse, super worse. Um, Bush didn't do enough. No one has done enough because the the cries that you're hearing from not just the black community, but all parts of the American community about the police being 
overzealous and too militarized have been going on for years, decades. This is nothing new and no one's tried to combat it because to be honest with you, we have camera phones to get it on tape every time the cops misbehaved. Now we do. Now you kind of see what's, what happens in America. So I don't know. I think that people's expectations for President Obama were pretty high. Sure. Uh, I do agree with one thing that Umar said, though. I agree with I agree with the notion that there's more systemic change that Barack and Michelle Obama could be affecting right now uh, right now I do think that they've become to a degree high paid motivational speakers um, and authors and, and, and people like that and I do think that you know, there are things in Chicago. And I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that they're not doing these things. I'm saying that I just don't know where to you go maybe to see them. Obama has the My Brother's Keeper initiative. He has things that he's done. I'm not trying to take shots at President Obama. You know what? I think that I'm holding him to too high of a standard, too. I, I, I think that I am. But at the same time, God damn, man, we need help. And he's the one person that cuts across into Americana for us. And you, you just wonder how much of the power is being used to affect people on a day-to-day basis. What do you think? I, I thought it was interesting when he brought that up about, like, they're both, he said they're whole-ass lawyers. He said I, they're whole-ass <laughs> whole lawyers. I thought that was funny. But I, I thought it was interesting when he brought that up, and then I thought, okay, it's a good point. What could they do? I think other than, because he is speaking out, Mm-hmm. And then that's when he, Dr. Umar was like, you speaking out now, but you didn't do anything when you were there. Got it. You're right. But what could they do? That was my question is like, I understand what you're saying. They are speaking out. They do have certain initiatives, but I'm trying to think, okay, we're saying they need to do more, but what does that look like? What, what kind of power does he have outside of office other than using his platform to speak out? I, I don't know. And yeah, I don't saying, know either. I, I don't know either, but it's something that we need to kind of we need to figure it out a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't feel like saying they should be doing more. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if you can. I don't know what you're doing currently, but you need to be doing more. I, I just I don't feel comfortable saying that. I just want to know, like, what's the answer? I do I mean, think, the- though, I, I do think, though, that. There's a sense I am in a way disenchanted with the Obamas. I love them. You've said that before. Yeah. I love them, but I am disenchanted with them just because looking back on it and I'm not sure there was a different way that it could have been done. I don't know. know, I'm not the president. I've never been uh, in a position to affect that many people's lives, but I, I think we all sort of thought that things would change without us actually changing them. I think hope and change was something that we said, okay, you got that. Was that was a theme. Yeah, and, so. and I think that we thought that it was going to be a plug-and-play, paint-by-numbers revolution uh, of American ideals and ideas, and it just didn't happen. As a matter of fact, I, I think that we had it good for a little while, mainly because you'll tend to have it better the more ignorant you are. I'll give you an example. So, these things that I have in my heart, the PVCs, right? They're harmless. They're harmless, right? They're not, they're not, by all intents and measures, they're not going to hurt me. They're not going to affect the quantity of my life. 
They're diagnostically insignificant. Mm -hmm. And I've basically had them my entire life. I remember going to the doctor in my 20s and going, yo, man, sometimes when I bend over, I jump up, I feel my heart like do a little thing. Or sometimes when I sit in weird positions, I feel like my heart do a little weird thing. They put hook me up to all of these uh, <clears throat> different machines and they go, hey, you're you're OK. It's like whatever. It's this. It's that. It's like whatever. You're cool. Right. Um, But the moment that I knew what they were. The moment I knew what they were, the moment, and I'm not saying that my cardiologist shouldn't have done this. The moment mm-hmm. that I that someone said, "Hey, these are called this, 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 and this," I fixated on them. And when I started to fixate on them, that makes you stressed out. The more stressed out you are, the more they come. The more, and then every day is really about how many are you going to have, right? Yeah. And, and so, in the case of of us, when Obama was uh, the president. We thought it was appropriate, like everybody else has said, this this is not novel. I'm not saying anything new to check out. Now, most people that care about this stuff are like me. And we are fixated on every single thing that happens in government or every single thing that happens in society. We're driving ourselves fucking crazy because what we what we're expecting now, we're expecting to see changes uh, in months, in days that are the residual effect of hundreds of years Mm. of systemic inequality, oppression, and dysfunction. So the question has to become, and this is to Umar or to whomever else has issue with Biden, what they're doing and what they're not doing. The question has to become, what is it that you want them to do? If you want them to sign, uh, if you want an executive order um, to, to deal with police brutality, what do you want to be in that executive order? And, are you talking to Lee Merritt? Are you talking to Ben Crump? Are you talking to people like that who understand what that is? Have we gone to the administration and said, hey, we need this and this and these this things addressed in an executive order? Do we know what the powers, and this is not to Umar, this is just period. These are questions that we should all ask and answer. Do we know what the powers of the president via executive order are to speak to these problems? I know that I don't really know in depth. Mm-hmm. I don't know what powers the president can wield in an executive order that he doesn't need the legislature for in terms of dealing with this particular issue. So the question is, what do we what can he do? What do we want him to do? And then what should he do? And that's a conversation we have first. And it's probably a conversation we have indoors, man. It's not one for Twitter and it's not one for fucking, um, you know, as much as I love them up there, shout out to my brother, Charlemagne, but it's not one for the Breakfast Club. That's probably one that we have on text threads and in meetings and on sure. email chains and talking to people who who are well-versed in these things. And I think sometimes, and maybe stuff like this, what, what Umar did, maybe that'll that'll Generate light a fire. Conversation. Yeah. yeah, but Bakari and other people, shout out to Bakari Sellers, uh, a co-worker of us here on The Ringer. Bakari, you know, he was up there banging on the Democrats Joe Manchin and those guys today. So we'll see. But it's uh, it's all very draining and exhausting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you, you know? put it into perspective the way you did about why you're what you're so fixated on and what you're watching to see to see what the government's doing. It's almost like and I, this is going to sound so pessimistic of me, but it's it's almost like you need to almost manage your expectations to be let down, because if if it's years and years and years and years and years of you're waiting for it and mm-hmm. you're expecting it to be done in this this administration it's not 
Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, like, guess, it's impossible. It's not, but but what's the start though? What would we're, you be happy with? Like what we're what, already starting. What, what represents you feel that way? What well, what th- what what represents progress is what we got to know. Like there's got to okay. be a, a barometer, well, a metric. Well, first of all, we're talking about it in a way that we never have before. We didn't talk about this stuff at all. Like not on not a mainstream, right? Not me watching on CNN right now and the main thing we're talking about is protesting in North Carolina right now. That's a main that's what's been on all day. It hasn't always been like that. So what I'm saying is is awareness Talking about it is the start. Recognizing it, we didn't we didn't do that before, but then you got to act okay. on it. You got to act true. on it. Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, I, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure. I know that. Uh, I'm just. There's just a reason to run black people blood pressure up every single day. <laughs> you know, every day. I, by the way, guys, every day. Sh- there are new shootings out. Uh, I don't want to talk about them. I, I'm. We're not gonna do them. Okay. We're not gonna do them because as your as your your <laughs> cope, I, I don't even know what to title them. But as Trayvon said in his speech, three people will be killed today. Three people will be killed tomorrow, and so on. Yeah. When I say when I say that they're coming out, it's because they're basically dropping these things like mixtapes or video games they're just doing it so frequently Ooh. that it's almost becoming a shock when they don't happen but i can't talk about this shit every day i cannot i cannot at all all right we're gonna go back into the world of bullshit uh just because i think this is interesting and i have a i have a thought process about this that i want to get your take on you know who Blueface is? yes tatiana Yes, that's the only Stop. thing he's to know him for. Why? Why are you all on Blueface back like that? Like, what's wrong? Keep what's telling up with everybody you the story. Okay. <laughs> so, Blueface uh, posted a video of him walking into a couple of rooms. Some rooms have bunk beds in them, and asking women about their preparations for getting tattoos. Um, I'm reading this from a complex article. It says, "You ready to get your tattoo today?" He asked one of the women was barely awake and laying on a bottom bunk. Apparently, these women are staying with Blueface and Blueface the rapper, and he gives them the choice, an ultimatum, if you will, to either get a tattoo of Blueface on their body or they have to go home, okay? This is apparently an at-home reality show uh, that Blueface is doing on OnlyFans. It's self-produced. uh, it's called on. It's on OnlyFans. It's called the Blue Girls Club. <laughs> I didn't even know this part. <laughs> I just. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Jesus, when you coming back? <laughs> Christ child. Oh, you little baby Christ child. We love you so much. I'll tell you what. Girls Blue Club. Girls Club. Jesus, he wasn't in that tomb. He got up. <laughs> that man got up. And he walked out of there. Holes in his hands and he saved the whole world. <laughs> but we need you. He don't want to come back to this. You don't Jesus, want to save this. Do you know how many times <laughs> Jesus been up in heaven? Been like, I think it's time for me to go back. But he, he'll look at the earth. 
people go, nah, man. No. Let no. me let them figure this out. Let me let them figure this out. Blue face. Blue girls. Girls. Club. Oh, no. Blue it's girls club. Blue girls <laughs> club. So uh, apparently, well, blue, the, all of these girls, they dance, they cohabitate, they get into fights. They get tattoos. Blueface says, I don't have relations with any of these women. The purpose of the show is to develop these women by exercising their temper, attitude, patience, and composure. Okay. What? I'm letting them use my platform as a second chance to chase their dreams without selling themselves to get by. We are all one family. They just have a past, and I want to change their future. Blueface, it seems, um, is, um, Blueface, it seems, is, is, is running what some people call a cult. I think Blueface is like, he's brainwashing these ladies. On its face, Blue Girls Club. Blueface making women, women getting tattoos and all of that stuff like that. Um, do you have a problem with this? Is this- I have a huge, wait, wait, wait. He's, he's having these women come on this show on OnlyFans to, yes. to better their lives, right? Yes. Use his platform. Are they getting a cut for his monthly fee for OnlyFans? I would imagine that they are. Don't assume for it. He would have said it. I need I, to know. Whoa, 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 we don't know if he would have said it or not. Uh, they're getting. They, I would assume that they're getting something out of it, or else I they wouldn't be doing it. I saw how these women were living. You are not bettering their lives. Forget the bunk beds. There okay. were clothes. They. It looked like it was concrete floor. They were clothes thrown all over the floor. These these women were roughing it. They looked. It. <laughs> it, it, it looked worse than camp. This could. This. Th- there's no way you, that was a that was bettering their lives. And then to add on top of that, he was branding them. He was branding them with his face. How is that better for their lives? They were getting tattoos on their necks, on their hands, on their face of blue face. Of blue face. You know what? Of- I, you know what my thing is? And I always wonder this. I really want to know at what point does it become exploitation? At what point does agency and all of that other stuff disappear? Because, and I'm asking. Okay. I'm asking. Because like I watch stuff like the, um, the um, uh, what was it? The, the Nexium thing. You know this stuff? Like oh, Nexium. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I watched the, like The Vile, right? And so because The Vile is such an in-depth show, it walks you through a very particular um, grooming scenario that they u- would use in Nexium to make women drop their defenses, drop their defenses, drop their defenses, drop their defenses, their defenses, and before you know it, they're pregnant. They would groom them in a very specific way, in a very systemic way. They would then also get all kinds of collateral on them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and these women were forced to do things with the fear in them that their deepest, darkest secrets would come out. Right. And you and right. over a point, you see, OK, cool. That's bad. Because a lot of times you see people that go off, run off and join these things. And you go, hey, if you want to go live uh, in the Shasta Valley Mountains. And and commune with nature all day with some guru guy. God bless you. Like go do it. Like if he can get a hundred people, I, I would I would argue that even the people that went to Family Christian Academy down in Baton Rouge, uh, that listened to Pastor Swaggart, Jimmy Swaggart, I would argue that those people to a degree are indoctrinated, not just to 
not to Christianity, but to Pastor Swaggered himself. Okay. Like when you when you my mom will call them swagites. Like <laughs> like they Jimmy Swagger was a big deal and in, in, a nice guy, but was a big deal um in Louisiana. So in this particular case, if ladies want to get live with blue face and get tattoos, they can't do that. Of course they can, and so we what's can the call po- it a cult. What, what makes it a cult? I don't know the exact definition, but it seems like. Listen, did you did you see how those women were living? I did. <laughs> did you see how they were living? To me, a man filming them. He, they were they were asleep in their beds. He's got a camera in their face. Like nothing look by that nothing looked like free will to me in that moment. The way they were living, the way he was bombarding bombarding so them with think, the camera, well, like stepping into the room unannounced, no privacy, demanding that they that they show their tattoo, like show him where they're gonna get their tattoos, and then saying, If you don't, you're out. Right. So like there's no free will. I mean, I guess you can leave if you don't want it, but you're telling him you're supposed to be bettering their lives. You're supposed to be helping these women out, but you're telling them also what they have to do. And it's not like, hey, you got to earn your keep by cooking and cleaning around the house. It's you got to you got to have me tattooed on your face, on your neck, on which your is hand. lame, right? Which is lame. But it's my thing branding. is, you got to think of the psychology behind making women get your face tattooed on them. What about the psychology behind? Wearing a ring to show the entire world that you're married. Um, first of um, all, you don't. That's totally different. How I can take a ring off. I don't mm-hmm. have to wear it. A tattoo is branded on me. A tattoo is worth nothing. Rings are worth thousands of thousand dollars. You're arguing the semantics of it and not Mm-mm. the philosophy of it. What no. I'm what I'm saying what I'm saying is if it's my choice. If, you ask me, do I want to marry you? And I choose to say yes. Okay, let me ask you a question. Does Brian have a choice to wear his wedding ring or not? Yes. So if he doesn't want to wear his wedding ring, you're cool with that. I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh number one, you're smiling because I don't think that's true. But at the same at, at this at, at the same time though, there are many millions of women across the across the globe women and men women and men men probably more so than women okay men probably more so than women that would be outraged if their spouse or fiance yeah no i'm kidding where that didn't wear their wedding ring right so that's something that says hey we did this you have to do this for whatever so what i'm saying is all of this stuff at the end of the day if somebody is elected to do it because they want to be with you a cult you're saying it's cult-like. you're saying you're saying marriage is not a cult, but it is an institution is that com- goes back. It is a it's- commitment that we have made to one another. Right. Those women, this, they were making comparisons to R. Kelly now on the Twitter sphere. Well, that's not fair because the reason why that's not fair is because if these women are of age, then I would assume that they can make their own choices about whether or not they want to be with Blueface. Whether or not they doesn't doesn't mean that anybody You're should right. be exploited. It looks suspect. It looks. I mean, it looks maybe, bad. It's it's lame maybe, and terrible I, and controlling. But I'd like to invite somebody who who subscribes to his OnlyFans to let us know what's happening with Blue Girl Group. Are these women we, okay? Actually, can, can we, we do get one of the chat? girls? Can we get one of the girls? How I do we get talk. in contact with them? I'll hit whack. I'll hit whack whack is, is, whack one hundred is 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 Blueface's shout out whack one hundred is Blueface's manager. I'll hit whack. I've never met Blueface before in my life. Don't know nothing about no Blueface, but I know that whack manages him. I'll get one of the girls from the Blueface 
situation, we'll get them and we'll bring them on here and we'll see what they say. We'll see why Absolutely. they're doing it. And we'll I want one that has a tattoo. You want one that got the tattoo. <laughs> I want one that got the tattoo. So let me let me ask you this. Let's say that, okay, let's say Hugh Hefner. Remember Hugh Hefner, he had the three girlfriends? Yes. What did you think about that situation? So I really didn't think much of it. Three girlfriends. He had three girlfriends. He they had the three girlfriends who had a curfew. Okay. They Did they have a curfew? curfew? You're telling me this. I didn't know all this. Keep oh, they definitely okay. had a curfew. Okay, I didn't know that. They definitely, they had a curfew. Hef could sleep with whoever he wanted to. Okay. okay. They couldn't sleep with anybody else. They had to be home by 9 p.m. 9 p.m. They had to be home by. Hef told them what color lipstick to wear. All kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, that sounds um, bad. That sounds that's I have a problem with this. It, and it it and it and it also seemed as if he controlled everything on their lives, uh, about their lives inside of the mansion. Right. But people actually like uh people actually liked and watched the show about these women living that way in the so, Playboy mansion. I will tell you, I, I've seen episodes of the show. And I don't remember, maybe they did say it. I didn't watch the whole thing. So maybe I missed that episode, but it seemed like, it almost seemed like it planted it like it was a glamorous life that they were living. Mm, so you feel like people didn't know what the ladies from the I girls did, next door I did, were going I didn't through. know all of that. I absolutely didn't know all that. But I can't compare marriage <laughs> to those things. And if you are in a marriage like that, you need to. You no, need to. Uh, no. The only, my only marriage point was that. There are stuff that there 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 is stuff that you know you have to wear. It's like symbolic. Yes, it's symbolic. It represents maybe the like tattoo of Blueface's face is symbolic. To well, him. we'll know when Wack brings one of the girls on. <laughs> I want one with the tattoo. <laughs> I want one with the. I want to talk to these girls. I want to talk to these girls. I want to know because because they didn't look happy. They didn't look like they liked the camera. There was except for the one who was getting the tattoo. You actually saw one getting the tattoo. And it also would be gross if you have a girl that doesn't have anything else and you're giving her a place to stay, then you tell her she has to get a tattoo to stay. That's it would what be this gross. Is. But but at the same time though, there there does come a point to where if these aren't minors and if nobody's being held by force, that you what you just talked about Nexum is that what that's what it's called? You just talked about how people they get these people, but they were being held by force because of the collateral. The collateral was a, a way of holding something over okay, their head. Okay, but if he's giving you something them. and you have nothing, and it's like it's almost like it's hanging it over your head. These women feel like they have absolutely nothing. They're broken. Maybe they're coming to him because this is their last resort. They have nowhere else to turn to, and he's like, "Listen, you want to stay here? You got to get a tattoo." It's bad. It's bad. I've just never seen a situation like this that was good. I've seen a lot of Law and Order SVU, and every single time that there've been a couple of episodes where people got tatted, and it was usually like a pimp prostitute situation. It was a branding to show that they were property, and that's the that's the feeling that I get with Blueface. They are his property. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Well. Well. Can't argue that with you. Can't argue that with you. Interesting discussion. Interesting discussion. Mm. All right. Uh, <laughs> are you ready for Van's very serious question of the week? Oh, yes, I am. You ready for this? Yes. 
Have you been thinking about your answers to potential questions that I might ask you? No, because I have no idea what you're going to ask. I don't know how that mind of yours thinks. You have no idea. Do you not have a question? I do have a question, but I like to build it up. Okay. I like to build it up. Okay. If you could give one animal the, the ability to speak besides dogs. Damn it. Besides dogs. Okay. One animal, the Oof. ability to speak besides dogs. I'm assuming cats don't count either. Like the household pets don't no, count. No dogs, no cats. Okay. One other animal, the ability to speak besides them. Which animal would you want to be able to speak? Who do you want to hear from? Oof. Who do I want to hear from? Because they just got so much stuff to say. They do. This is a tough question. I know. It's a very serious question. Do you have do you have an answer? Don't tell I me do. yet. I do. Who would I want to hear from? I think I would right want to hear from attacking you. Huh? Go for it. Tell us. Stop stalling. The animal kingdom wants to know. Give it up to him. <laughs> I don't know why I'm nervous to answer this question. I think. Let me preface this by saying there's really no animal that I would want to hear from other than my dog, Copper. I don't care to hear. I don't care to hear the opinions of any other animal. I've never been curious to what they were thinking or what they had to say. That being said, I think I'd go with the shark. Interesting. So you can eat them up just like you ate up Chris Harrison. You want to know how shark people, how sharks eat people up, just like you did this man. I but like, I, see, I was thinking I from, of it from the complete opposite way. I was, I was thinking of it from the complete opposite way. If, if, if I could hear sharks, then like it could possibly prevent. Rachel, yesterday I saw Chris Harrison at the soup line with a copy of the autobiography <laughs> of Malcolm X in his hand. <laughs> I saw I saw Chris Harrison outside of the unemployment office with a copy of White Fragility. And he looked downtrodden. Good. Man, text Good your that man. He was reading that, not that he was in the soup line. Listen, yeah. I think I go with the shark. Listen, like, because the shark could tell you maybe some of the mysteries that are in the ocean. Poor Chris. <laughs> I didn't say I am a shark. I said I wanted to hear from a shark. Let's yeah, get it. Sense. Let's get it right. Okay, what's your animal? What's your animal? Easy. Elephant. I thought about an elephant, but why? I couldn't think of why I'd want to hear Elephant from is wise. We need the knowledge we, of the elephant. Wait, wait, how do we know that? How do, how do we know, know that the elephant, you know is elephant is wise? The elephant is a wise, ethereal, magical creature. No, no, have no. You ever, I didn't ask you for ethereal the, and magical. Why I'll tell wise? You why. Like I just watched a video a couple of days ago of an elephant giving birth, and then the whole elephant herd coming over, the whole herd coming over to congratulate the elephant that gave birth. They all together, elephants are wise, and they're like, they're like the majestic creatures of the Serengeti. That doesn't make them wise. Yes, they, they are. are majestic. They're beautiful. I'm a delta. You know, you know, elephants are symbolic. Well, it doesn't seem like it. it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. I'll be honest with you. Doesn't seem like it. But whatever I, but, I said was gonna be wrong. Whatever no, no, no. It's a good answer. Shark is a good answer because I want to know 
how a shark is like why a shark is so like um just like so relentless you know i, I want to talk to a shark because i want the shark to take a break but it's gonna, also gonna be very it's gonna be very hard to talk to the shark because he's in the water so I don't know how we're gonna do that. Like it's tough. But I, we don't have to think through that. Like I I'm sure, yeah, he can he can talk. Listen, that just reminded me of my octopus teacher. Did you see it win? I thought it about won. you. It I won. Said, yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. I'm telling you, I know how to pick them, baby. Well, I, I know will, how to I will pick. no longer doubt you. You're an you're an Oscar winner. So this is what we'll do. We're gonna do. We're gonna take that trailer for your movie, Big Rage. And that's the next thing that Six Feet Over Productions, my production company that produced Two Distant Strangers, me, Nick May, Samir Hernandez, and of course, the amazingly talented and beautiful Trayvon Free. Um, we're going to we're going to produce Big Rage. We got meetings set up all over town. When I say we have meetings set up all over town, we have meetings set up all well, over town. Why haven't I been to invited to now. any of these meetings? And we're going to set up Big Rage at one of the studios and I'm going to get Kiki Palmer to play you. I love Kiki. Kiki, come on the podcast. You said you yeah, would. Yeah, Kiki, come on the podcast. Get out of here. All right, guys. <laughs> um, take think cats off, but do not stop learning. Take breaks. Take walks. Lay down. Relax your brain. I am Van Lathan. I am Rachel Lindsay. We out. <laughs>